Hi, this is Erin Olson of Sandal Feet Ministries. Thank you so much for stopping by my podcast today. If you'd like more information about my ministry, please visit www.sandalfeet.org. Thank you again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi, this is Erin Olson. Thank you so much for stopping by week four of my Bible study, Forgiveness, Unforgiveness, Revealed Through Your Fruits. Today, we're going to be talking about peace and disorder. Let me go ahead and open us up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much for today. I thank you, Lord, that this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, please just settle our hearts. Lord, may we open up our hands to receive the blessings you want to give us, and may our hearts be open to hear you speak. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit speaks through me clearly, Lord, to each and every person listening to this podcast. Father, I just thank you so much for your presence and for your your spirit, Lord, that fills us with power. Lord, we just give you this time, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today we are going to be talking about peace and disorder, and it's kind of ironic. I've always struggled with peace. Um, I took a Bible study a few years ago, and it asked, it talked a little bit about Jacob and Esau and the naming of Jacob and what his name meant as trickster and deceiver, and how after he had had some issues and some dealing and some struggles with his brother and then with his uncle and then uh, back again with his brother and and right before he met his brother again whether or not his brother was going to kill him and he fought with God in the wilderness and struggled with him and didn't want to let him go and and God then renamed him God gave took him from the name that he was and changed him into the name that person that he would become and when I was thinking about that in that Bible study I thought, well, my name meant peace, but my whole life I never had peace. I didn't have it as a little girl. Uh, In our home, we didn't have a lot of peace. I came from a divorced home, and um, my mom remarried, and there still wasn't very much peace and and lots of anxiety, and I struggled with my own issues, with just identifying who I was, um, what my purpose was. I was very insecure and unstable in in my looks and my appearance and my giftings and and kind of where I fit in. I was never, never at peace with anything I did, any decision I made. And, you know, and and part of that I attribute to the fact that we were not uh, walking with the Lord at that time. We went to church, but we weren't um, committed to the things of Christ. We weren't, um, you know, God-fearing Christians at all. I mean, we were good people somewhat, but we weren't um, God-fearing Christians. And, and so um, I didn't have that peace, and we can't have that peace, that fruit of the Spirit, without the Holy Spirit. And we only get the Holy Spirit by believing in Jesus Christ as our Savior. And we only know who Jesus is because we recognize and accept who God is. And so um, there's a, it's a process. And the and worldly peace, world peace, if you will, can never be obtained apart from what God allows and what God provides to us through the Holy Spirit. Um, You know, you can do all the manly things, all the earthly things that we want to do, but until we have that peace that resides within us from the Holy Spirit, we'll keep searching and searching and redefining what our definition of peace is. And so exactly like joy, where joy is an inner an inner contentment that is so hard to describe, especially to the non-believing world, that joy that radiates through us, through all circumstances, so too is peace. 
we don't have peace until we know the peace that surpasses all understanding. And that peace we only come to know fully as we begin to understand who God is and examining his word and examining his truths and examining uh, the things he requires of us as obedient followers. Those are the ways that we know what peace is. And so um, it goes all the way back to the book of Genesis, all the way back to the very beginning. In 1 Corinthians 14, 33, in the, in the New Living Translation, it says, God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. God does not cause disorder. He wants peace and peaceful things. And so, um, as I mentioned, back in the beginning, way back in the book of Genesis, Genesis 1, 2, it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So in the beginning, when the waters covered the earth, that darkness represented chaos. It was without form. And the, the Hebrew word for that form without form is tohu. And the definition of that is interesting because it says it's an... Um, an unused root meaning to lie waste, a desolation, a desert, a worthless thing, confusion, empty place, without form, nothing, waste, wilderness, and chaos. So before God created what we now know as the, as the earth, before that existed, all that existed was just dark, void, nothingness. And so when God said, let there be light, um, he created light. And then throughout the remaining days of creation, God continued to create order. And as time went on, Satan tried to buck the natural order of God by wanting to be his equal. So as a result, Satan was kicked out of heaven, creating disorder, right? There was a created order, a created angelic being, created heavenly hosts, and yet Satan was the one who decided that he was going to be equal or above God, and God kicked him out. From that moment, there was disorder. Then, uh, because of sin in the Garden of Eden, um, there was even more disorder. And then we see as um, Adam and Eve had children, and Cain hated his brother and was jealous of his brother, and killed his brother, there was yet even more disorder. So it just kept going and going and going. So we see that the farther that we get away from God, the farther, farther that we try to disobey God, the farther, farther that we try to um, be God, if you will, we continue to perpetuate disorder. So how can we be more like God in this case? How can we be more peace-giving, uh, peace-bearing, as opposed to disorderly and um, disordered in our lives. And so how does forgiveness play into this? In Hebrews 12, 14 through 15, it says, Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holy one, holiness, no one will see the Lord. So make every effort to live in peace with all men. Make every effort. This takes something on our part. It says to make every effort. It doesn't say that we are all going to live in peace. It says to make every effort to be.
be in peace, to live in peace with all men. So clearly there are going to be some things that cause us potentially not to live in peace. Ruth Bell Graham, the wife of Billy Graham, said this. She said, a happy marriage is the union of two good forgivers. And how true is that? I mean, throughout relationships, we have to forgive and we have to receive forgiveness from others who have hurt us. And we have to continually be at a state of offering grace and mercy, just like God continues to offer us grace and mercy each and every day that he allows us to live and be in this world. Augustine, the ruler, said, the purpose of all wars is peace. So when we have a war, which we're in, we are in a spiritual war. There is a real battle going on for your soul right now. That apart, nobody can snatch you from the hands of the Father once you have given your life to Christ. But Satan will do his very best to make you not useful for the kingdom while you're here on this earth. And as a result of that, he will try his best to make it so you don't share the gospel with anybody else. You don't live out a life reflective of the gospel to anybody else so that they may come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's his goal. Uh, we can't we can't lose our place in heaven. We don't lose our salvation once we have it. <clears throat> but Satan is going to do his best to make us look like we're not peace-bearing. We're not um, life-giving. And so Jesus warned his disciples of this. In John 16, 33, he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He said, so that in me you may have peace. Apart from Jesus Christ, we cannot have peace. He said this, Jesus said, in me and only in me may you have peace. Because stuff's going to be hard. Relationships are going to be hard. You're going to be persecuted. Um, you're going to be hungry. You're going to be thirsty. It's going to get hot. It's going to get cold. There's going to be all sorts of things that are going to be thrown your way in this life. Trials, tribulations, testings, all of that stuff. But only in me may you have peace, he said. In Romans 8, 6, it says, to, For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And that's from the King James Version. To be carnally minded of this earth, of this world, to be apart, to be separated from God in the way that we live and think and be is death. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. Um, to be that way is death. But to be spiritually minded, things of God, to be a believer in Jesus Christ, is life and peace. And that word peace, that Greek word peace is, is erine. And specifically that definition means of Christianity, one of the definitions of Christianity, the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and content with its early lot of whatsoever sort that is. So that peace is a tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation. If we are peaceful, if we are at peace with the fact that we know without a doubt, 100%, that we are forgiven, our attitudes change tremendously. The way that we reconcile our relationships, that we reconcile our shortcomings, that we reconcile um, our words, that we love others. We talked about love a couple weeks ago, that we are joyful that we talked about last week. Those things, once we're assured of our salvation, those flow from a whole nother bucket. 
they flow from heaven downward upon our souls and through the power of the Holy Spirit residing within us. And so that peace is something totally different than it looked like prior to your salvation. That peace is something you're striving for. You're still trying to attain that peace because you know it's out there. God created us with that hard wire, that button to want Him, to desire Him, to have Him fill our, fill our hearts. That if we um, are searching for that and searching for that, but yet haven't been able to grab onto the hand of our Savior for whatever reason, then we're going to be continually seeking that peace and maybe not ever finding it in this life. And so... Um, that peace is different. When we are living fully in the fruit of the Spirit of peace, everything around us is affected. Just like with our joy, when we're living in true contented joy, our peace also resides from a higher power. And so Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding. It's even hard to describe, even as I'm trying to teach you peace as it relates to forgiveness and how it affects our relationships. Um, if we are apart from Jesus Christ or if we're feeling guilty or shame um, because we are walking in a state of unforgiveness, whether that be that we needed to extend forgiveness to somebody else or for some reason you feel like you're not fully forgiven, that you feel like I kind of want to believe that all my sins are forgiven. I want to believe with all my heart that Jesus is going to forgive me for the sin I'm about to commit or the sin I committed when I was 15 years old. Or You want to believe that with all your heart. But if you can't justify that in your brain, if you don't know that, and if you don't have that peace, it affects how you live. And so your mind needs to be steadfast. You need to take hold of that. The Bible says if you have repented with your heart. Your heart needs to be at peace. And, and if you have, fully rest in the knowledge that Jesus has forgiven you. Fully rest in the knowledge that the forgiveness that you extended to your mom or your dad, that it has been forgiven. That um, even apart from how that person reacts to you when you say, you know what, I'm sorry, I messed up, I blew it this time. Know that even if they haven't had a chance to reconcile it in their hearts, that you've given it to Jesus and that he remembers it no more and that he is the one who can wipe your heart clean. He is the one that can give you that peace that surpasses all understanding. Know that wholeheartedly because if you live with that guilt and that shame and that doubt, um, you can't live in peace. They, they, they can't live together because they're not a fruit of the Spirit. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that the Holy Spirit possesses any of those things. Doubt, fear, anger, shame, none of it. He, he, he doesn't have it. And so um, if you can't be at peace with that, it's going to be hard and it's going to affect everything you do. Um, so we do need peace with others. God granted us peace as a blessing. God wanted to bless us with peace. Um, in Psalm 122, verses 6 through 8, it says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, Peace be within you. So they want that peace. That peace comes from God. 
And we need to be praying for our peace. We need to be praying for our family's peace. We need to be praying for our our city's peace, our nation's peace, our the church, the big C church, for the peace of the church, for the peace of Israel. We need to pray for those things because those things come from God. He gives it to us as a blessing, not as a burden, but as a blessing. He wants us to be at peace um, because he knows the more that we are at peace, the more that we can be peaceful to others. In the Hebrew word, peace, shalom, it means the completeness, soundness, welfare, and peace. It means completeness in number, safety, soundness, welfare, health, prosperity, tranquility, quiet, contentment, friendship of human relationships, the peace, um, and peace with God, especially in a covenant relationship. And peace from war. All of these definitions are peace, something we need. We need to be at peace with ourselves. We need to be at peace with others. Um, We need to be at peace with God um, to know that we're we're safe and secure within His hands, that we are safe and secure within the safety of our family, that we have healthy relationships, that we're not walking around as a stumbling block to somebody else, that we're not walking around um, hurting other people, that we're not walking around in such chaos, if you will, um, because we're we're angry at ourselves or angry at the world or we're playing the blame game. I look back to Adam and Eve and how uh, Adam was trying to throw Eve under the bus, that it was her that gave him the apple, and then Eve was like, but it was the serpent that tricked me and this and that, and it was the blame game, and there was complete disorder in that whole thing. Perhaps if they just said, I messed up, I made a grave mistake, it's my fault, I did it. I don't know, God could have reacted differently, but I know that right now, don't play the blame game because blame causes disorder. Blame is not of God. He says, take it, repent, acknowledge it before me. If you acknowledge it before me, I will acknowledge it before God is what Jesus said. So acknowledge it. I messed up. Move on. You know, don't continue to perpetuate the the atmosphere of disorder. Um Romans 12:18 says if possible so far as it depends on you live peaceably with all if possible if possible there's going to be some trying times okay trying times for some of you some of you live in relationships that are just wreaked with havoc chaos disorder dysfunction whatever you might be like any and all of us could be on a Jerry Springer show at any given moment right but if possible so far as it depends on you the bible says Not on so far as it depends on your mom, not so far as it depends on your husband, not so far as it depends on your teacher, so far as it depends on you, let it start with you. Live peaceably with all. What if it's you that God's waiting on to act peaceably with others? What if he's waiting on you to get your heart right? What if he's waiting on you so that he can reconcile relationships that have been broken and damaged. And he's saying, you know what? I need to do a little bit of work in you before I can work on the whole situation. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Let that sink in for a minute, okay? Maybe he's doing a work on you today. 
In Romans 14, 19, it says, So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. We always want to be encouraging one another. We never want to tear down others. We always want to lift and build them up. It's always interesting that they say, you know, when you're raising children, try to motivate them for good works as opposed to knocking them down. Try to reward them for the good things they do, not harp on the bad things they do. And I know, honestly, as a parent, I have a hard time with that because I get tired of rewarding them and then it seems like they're just falling short. So I like to remind them that they're falling short. Or sometimes it's easier for me to motivate the bad behavior with discipline than it is to motivate the good behavior with rewards. And I don't know why I can't justify that in my brain, but it makes sense. The more encouraging my words are, the more it seems as if they are moving in the right direction. And at the same time, I have to be careful not to be making a, a, a fake environment either, where they're just only doing as a people-pleasing thing. But I have to be careful. So I have to make sure it's something of the spirit, that it's made for peace and for mutual upbuilding. So let us pursue those things. You know, when we're talking about forgiveness, it's a process. We have to uh, work through relationships and we have to work through scenarios and we have to work through issues that we're facing. And, um, and we need to pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. I mean, I, I believe if you're listening to this Bible study, if you're, if you're spending the time taking care of this, it's because there's an issue of forgiveness on your heart or unforgiveness, or you want to make sure that you're perfectly clean before, before God or or you want to help encourage somebody else to get there. Whatever the reason it is that you're taking this, um, anything that we can learn and take away from this can mutually upbuild somebody else. Uh, relationships are rarely ever one-sided. They affect us either in good ways or bad ways. Even if I'm the one who thinks that I'm out there mentoring somebody, that person is oftentimes mentoring me and they don't even realize it. Sometimes I can see, hmm, maybe, uh, maybe I didn't approach that the right way, or maybe the Lord is working through that person to speak to me, or, or maybe um, the lessons that they're teaching me are lessons that I can use later on. So it's an encouraging thing. It's a disciple-making process that we are continually upbuilding, encouraging others in the ways of the Lord instead of trying to tear them down. We don't ever want to tear people down. We want to live peaceably with people. And we also need to have be at peace within ourselves. Um, as I said when I started this, you know, I struggle with peace within myself. I struggled because of the, my family issues. I struggled because of my own um, identity issues, you know, my self-identity issues. Who, I, who was I? What did God created me to be? I didn't feel like I was good at anything. Um, you know, my own security issues. Was I happy with the color of my hair? Was I happy with my freckles? Was I happy with my weight, my body type, uh, my abilities, whatever it might be? Um, was I happy with some of the choices I made? They weren't such good choices, and, and those were really beginning to tear me down, so I wasn't at peace. And so um, we need to know that in Colossians 1.20, God reconciled us to him through Jesus Christ's blood. Uh, we were alienated from him. We were apart from him prior to that. Prior to him coming and being the sacrifice for our sins, we were alienated from him. Um, but now we are at peace. Those of us who have given our life to Jesus, we are at peace because of what he did. Um, Ephesians 2, 12 through 14 goes on to say that too. We were separated and alienated from those covenant promises. We had no hope at the time. We had absolutely no hope. 
But now in Christ Jesus, we were once far off, but we were brought near by the blood of Christ. And for he himself is our peace. He himself is our peace. He made us uh, broken down in this flesh, dividing the walls of his hostility. Dividing the walls of hostility. Prior to a relationship of Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ, our world was not at peace. Um, we were not at peace with him, with God. We were not reconciled to him. We were apart from him. And as um, someone of the non-Israelite race, we were a Gentile. We were separated from him, most assuredly, unless he chose to pluck one of the Gentiles out, uh, as he did throughout Scripture. But uh, we were separated. We were far off. And because of the blood of Jesus Christ, he himself is our peace. And because we have, he left and he sent the Holy Spirit as our gift, we have the Holy Spirit residing in us. And one of the attributes of the Holy Spirit is the fruit of peace. So I hope that this week, today, and as you work through the workbook, if you have it, that you would really just um, work through those issues where you don't feel like you're at peace. Um, because my, my desire for you is to leave this week fully walking in a new sense and purpose of peace because Jesus loves you, God loves you, and he is our perfect peace. So thank you so much for joining me this week. I will close us in prayer. Father, you are our peace. There is no one like you, nobody apart from you. Lord, we desire the peace that you wanna give us as a blessing. So, Father, search each one of our hearts this week, Lord. Reveal to us where we are lacking in peace. Help us, Lord. Be our strength and our tower and our very present help in time of trouble. Lord, help us walk through relationships that may not be peaceful. Lord, and, and help us understand ourselves lord understand ourselves better help us see ourselves through your eyes lord and help us see others through your eyes as well lord we love you and it's in jesus name we pray